0: For a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: Matthews around back of the net, coming out in front. Oh, he had a chance to shoot the puck, and he tried to make a pass. A lead pass, knocked down by Matthews, brought back in by Matthews.
0: Matthews, a great move to the net! Shot it off the side of the goal. Celery pass. They score! Justin Hall, of all people,
2: are going to win it for the Maple Leafs in overtime.
3: The Maple Leafs escape. That's all I can pretty much say about that one. They find a way to win an OT in Kanata, just the roller coaster of emotions on the final goal there, but it went in the net and Justin Hall, if you had him in your pool, which I'm sure nobody did in terms of scoring the OT winner gets it. This is Leafs nation post game on sports net five, nine of the fan, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the golden Muzziac Gord Stelic, Sam McKee and Josh Santos along for the ride as well. Uh, Chris Johnson will stop by later on after Sheldon Keefe, by the way, we'll hear from the head coach coming up, go inside the locker room as well, but a, uh, Back-to-back victories for the Maple Leafs. It wasn't pretty. I was ready to give Anton Forsberg my Vesna. Uh, my wow. Vesna. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's beyond me. Like I'm at a loss for words. Quite frankly, how many times the Maple Leafs play guys like this and can't score on them, Gord? Well, the first four
0: games that they had great goaltending were guys named Thatcher Demko and a Vesna Trophy winner named Connor Halibut. And yeah. you know, really, that game in Ottawa. They helped the kid out to court. They really helped him out in a lot of ways. Anton Forsberg was lights out tonight. You're 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 right about that. For the guy that's bounced around, been claimed on waivers, the NHL version of a renta goalie, he played phenomenal. And the two points one is we, we really commented. Justin Hall got prominent overtime time, which always isn't the case. So he gets he gets that goal. And the other good part is finding ways to win. Okay, that's what the Leafs are doing early. So here you have Jack Campbell giving the Leafs excellent goaltending, but almost inexplicably murder handling the puck. Like he, you know, two goals, like where Toronto Maple Leaf fans are saying enough ordinary goaltending for now. Well, he gave great goaltending, but both miscues. So you know what? The Leafs found a way to win this game tonight in yet another. It gets crazier in the last minute, too, right? Of that overtime, like even another crazy overtime.
3: I couldn't get over that shift by Austin Matthews, one of his worst shifts of his career, I think. I don't know who made the play by Ottawa, but it was a three-on-one. They decided to move the puck so quickly oh and goodness. then intercept by Matthews the other way he comes. It's like the NFL equivalent of of a 10-man blitz. So
0: there's one defender back, quarterback's got time, three wide receivers, and you throw it, and it it gets deflected, intercepted by the one defender. And good on Austin Matthews. It was a nice block that way. I mean, you're, you're talking Jack Campbell could have had a 3-on-0. I mean, a 3-on-0 if it, if it had gone through, and instead it came back the other way. Well,
3: that line stayed on too long there, and yeah. that almost burned them. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but a, a pierre Dorian gif is going viral on Twitter right now, and he's just losing his marbles through a... Uh, I guess a cup of water. Um, and I think he could be in line to start the second game of the season for the Blue Jays because they have nobody after Ryu, as we know. <laughs> I,
0: I, I don't they have know. They George Fair. Springer, though, who's here? Yeah, hurt. I know. I know. Unfortunately, as the Maple Leafs get healthier, uh, you're right about that, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, yeah can't find an arm, can't find a pitcher. And that's kind of the equivalent in some ways of goaltending
3: <laughs> in hockey is pitching in baseball. This GIF is incredible. Pierre Doria, and I'm watching it on loop right now going nuts. You tell me these guys don't want to win. They want to go for Owen power. I don't think so. And I, again, we talked we knew this is going to happen, right? Gord, like all we did in the pregame show is talk about how Ottawa plays the better teams in this division. Well, 11, seven and one now against Toronto, Montreal and Calgary. One thirteen and three against the rest of the the division. They came to play. I'll be honest. I'm slightly alarmed that you have to work this hard to beat the Ottawa Senators. But we know about work ethic. Uh, you know, it's a big thing when it comes to the Sens. If if there's one thing you notice on a game by game basis, but it's puzzling to me that they couldn't solve Anton Forsberg more than three times in this game.
0: Yeah, and probably why Pierre Dorian's going that way is probably that overtime uh, in that pass that turned it around Ooh. when they would have had a great scoring chance. But yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah again. The Leafs found a way to win with an exceptional goaltender. They went two nothing against Calgary the other night. So, you, so you, you know, to get back on track, what they want to call it, winning ugly or whatever it may be, because I know Leafs fans say, "Hey, Ottawa, let's get a nice, let's get a nice six two win. Let's get the, let's get the offensive firepower and guns." And I'll tell you, shots on goal were 12, four late in the first period and Campbell made that first gaff. Ottawa pounced on it, gets a one nothing lead, and after that, Nick, they were in the game. The shots were pretty even after that. Jack yeah. Campbell had to make some big saves, but Forsberg way, way more, and even then, you know shoot some more guys, like even Kerfoot in overtime. There were just some head scratchers about glorious chances to take a, get a scoring chance, and the
3: Leafs would pass it up. Even, again, Austin Matthews, we don't know how much the uh, the wrist is bothering him, Gord, but he's not shooting the puck. Like there's, there's no other way to put it right now. In moments earlier this season where Matthews is shooting the puck, he's shooting it. Now he's, and it worked out to their benefit on the game-winning goal, but for some reason, and probably know the reason, he's not shooting the puck right now.
0: Well, they had a stat about something like three, you know, three goals and uh it's last 45 shots. Okay, that's wow. not Austin Matthews' number. So is he it is it because of that that he's not being effective shooting the puck that now he's become more reluctant to shoot the puck? I, you know, it's the old thing about uh, okay, the doctors have cleared him to play. So yeah. that, so so they make those decisions, they don't take them lightly, but if something's still nagging him that way in the wrist, I guess uh he's certainly doing really not doing a lot to dispel it because it certainly has seems to have changed his style of play the last few games.
3: So again, that's Gord Stellick. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation post game. The Maple Leafs find a way to get the job done. They've won back-to-back games, a 3-2 OT win here in Canada, and it's uh, Justin Hall, the OT winner. You know, I had shades of like the Mighty Ducks passing the the puck back, back to Goldberg. I don't know if you get the reference. We saw the Ducks jerseys in, uh, in Minnesota last night, but um, Hall played well tonight, um, you know, and I think you brought up a good point. Where was Zach Hyman in OT, Gord? Yeah, you know, I,
0: I was kind of surprised he didn't get a, a shift or two along the way. And uh, uh, it was um, not the Zach attack kind of game. He played fine, but normally he he, is, he stands out. But uh, uh, the coaches mix things up a little bit, and they only have so many uh, oh, so many players they go to. I don't know how they gauge it and decide it. But it was the kind of game as well. Look who scored. Ilya McKayev, Jason Spezza. Okay, oh. big one. The guy Mike Babcock said shouldn't be in the NHL or special whatever. Special player, Gord. special player he is. And then Justin Hall So it w- it wasn't the big guns doing it tonight. So that almost makes it a little bit more curious because Zach Hyman got that great goal against Calgary. I'm not going to get a con- into a controversy about. You know who's on the ice or not. I mean, Kerfoot was on the ice for three on three, but yeah, I'm a little surprised Zach Hyman didn't get a shift or two.
3: Yeah, uh, myself included, and again, we'll continue to break it down. Chris Johnson will drop by later on. We'll hear from Sheldon Keith. but bottom line, they got the job done. Uh, I wonder if you like to have a rusty Connor McDavid for Saturday. They haven't played in you know in quite some time, uh, of course, with the uh, the postponements this week when it comes to the uh, Montreal Canadiens, but the next two against Edmonton, and I just hope it helps the Maple Leafs get their mojo back. I, I don't know how alarmed i am truly in the grand scope of things but i'm mildly concerned with the way this team is playing right now in terms of execution Gord.
0: yeah i'm with you now i'm not going to use the alarmed phrase but is there a panic button (laughs) no but no but we keep calling it the columbus syndrome and that's our fear and that word malaise is what happened and leaf fans saw this very group basically it happened in the summer so i think it's not unfair to worry about it again, this this team, it's not even that they didn't advance a playoff round. They showed they really weren't interested in advancing a playoff round. And uh, if you're a Leaf fan, you said, okay, I can handle losing seven games to the Boston Bruins. I get that. Five games against the Columbus Blue Jackets and you really don't appear all that interested? Yeah, I don't get that at all. And, and so to your point, Nick, and if there is an area of concern, that that they have to shake that, that. They have to shake that reputation because that reputation was deserved.
3: And again, shut out twice uh, was the underlying story for me in that series with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But again, it's going to be more so these types of games that you see in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's maybe why I'm more alarmed about the situation, Gord. Well, I'm not alarmed yet. You know, you All know. Right.
0: funny note, Jack Campbell, his own two gaps. So the two goals against on giveaways – Otherwise, theoretically, he could have had a third consecutive shutout. Like you're talking about, he's going to go, he would have gone in the Leaf record books, like with uh, with Terry Sachuk's debut in 1964. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, it's crazy uh, the kind of numbers he's put up in his short time as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And let's get back to it. The guy played really well in goal tonight.
3: He did. Uh, 29 saves for Campbell in this game. Uh, you know, just the way I see it, like it's David versus Goliath. I think Ottawa doesn't deserve to be on the same ice with the Maple Leafs. And maybe that's why I'm asking for too much. But you look at these two rosters, you look at some of these players getting paid the money they are, and they can't solve Anton Forsberg. That's that's my concern. But it's just one game. Um, again, the season series hasn't been pretty, but the Maple Leafs are 4-2-1 and now against the Ottawa Senators. Um, we'll never really have a definitive answer as to why they struggle with Ottawa this season, but that is the case as we know. And then they move on to take on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, And again, uh, for sure, a positive development, Jack Campbell, a that he's healthy and B that he played well again, Gord.
0: Yeah, no question. You know, it's funny uh, how many years ago was it that the yearly thing would be the Ottawa senators, maybe as good a team as there was in the NHL for a few years, would dominate the Leafs in regular season. And then the Leafs just crushed them (laughs) in the playoffs and broke the hearts of Ottawa fans. So, they're doing the first part this time. I don't think you're going to meet the Ottawa Senators in the playoffs, but I also never know. Also, um, yeah, you're true, but you have to <laughs> give them a lot of credit. This is a team that started horribly. We talked about that earlier. They started the season the way the Buffalo Sabers have played the last whatever number of games, 16 that they've lost. Uh, I mentioned earlier Buffalo was four, four, and two in their first 10 games. They actually yeah. got off to a half decent start, and I thought I, I was really worried for Ottawa because I don't like to see a team go. 0156 or whatever they were on target to do. They're just terrible. So they've really got it around. Some of the veterans didn't work out, you know, Derek Steppen and guys like that. He's hurt now, but they really had not Gelchanyak, you know, and the, the young guys, it's kind of exciting to see it coming around. I, yeah. I, I think, I think it's pretty neat. I give them all kinds of credit.
3: And that's all you need to know and not to pile up on the Buffalo Sabres. They've lost 16 in a row. If you're getting outpointed and outplayed by the Ottawa Senators, with all due respect, it just shows you the effort level and the difference, right? With yeah. Ottawa. You look at that roster, it's not pretty, but man, they bring it every game. You can't say the same about the Buffalo Sabres. It's scary how bad the Sabres are, Gord.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. It it, it boy, I mean, I've been in situations yes. with working for a team that was kind of like that at different times. And uh yeah, it's it's just a horrible thing. It's like it's like everybody goes to work for a company that's going bankrupt at the end of the week or whatever. And you kind of know what you go into You go into work with that kind of, you know, gr- grumpy or glum attitude. And that's the way they take this the guy's professionals
3: though. It's sad. It, honestly. Well,
0: yeah. Well, and, and that's why trade deadline. Yeah. I keep talking about Zach Bogosian because Zach Be- Bogosian, he got out of there uh, yeah. was a, was a great pickup for the Tampa Bay lightning. John Cooper said that like, you know, Buffalo was terrible last year. He was in a bad situation. He got himself in, in a good situation. And I know, there's some there, there are some diamonds in the rough in Buffalo.
3: Now, you have great memory, and you talk about Buffalo. I know this is not about Buffalo, but who was that Habs player a couple years back who we thought was going to go for a boatload of the deadline, ended up going for like a fifth-round pick? Not to put you on the spot. I'm trying to remember that player. Um, I got to think about this throughout the show, but you get the reason why I'm bringing it up, it's not helping anybody. With Buffalo losing these games, do you think anybody's going to give up their, you know, you know, especially on this day with Kyle Lowry and the Raptors uh, stood pat. I don't mind it at all. But do you think anybody's going to give up like a first rounder plus for Taylor Hall right now? No, and I think people got thrown.
0: And I'll, I'll try to think who that yeah. player. Is. It doesn't hit me off the top. It'll come to me. But it was uh, it was funny because I would have liked to hear Kyle Dubas answer. That's a problem with Zoom calls now. In concert, someone said, "Would you trade a first round pick? Would you tra- trade a prospect?" And he said, "Yes." And a lot of people associate it. Well, would it be for a Taylor Hall type thing? And no, like I still think a hired gun is a hired gun, and they and they go for so little, so much less than they used to. That compared to the Jake Musin trade or whatever, getting term, and that's why that's why I don't know whether Ekholm's still on the block or not, but he's got a year left in his contract from Nashville. Ricard Raquel has a year from Anaheim. I mean, that's why you make those kind of trades. So. It, it got people interested. And I think what Kyle Dubas is talking about, like more a real hockey trait, you know, kind of like what Tampa Bay and Vancouver did last year. Yeah. That for kind of me,
3: for, for me, this deadline is going to be very, very interesting as we approach April 12th. Cause I think every team still thinks they have a shot. We know we talk about it every year, but the four point swings, the Nashville predators have won five of the last six games. They're way back in it. And they're the only team, quite frankly, I'd go sniffing around on any product right now, with all due respect to Buffalo, Ottawa, Anaheim like there's not an embarrassment of riches out there we'll say that well no. and and also the other thing that
0: came up big today is the announcement that it looks like the quarantine will be reduced from 14 days to 7 days yeah so if you're uh, an american based player getting traded to a canadian based nhl team rather than the pierre luc dubois 14 day quarantine it looks like it's gonna be seven days. So I don't know how much that'll factor in making a trade or not making a trade, but certainly the player is a lot more readily available to you. So that that's a plus.
3: Since you brought that up before we hit the break, uh I thought Alex Galchenik was really, really good in this game, played twelve forty one. how'd you feel about him?
0: I've liked him so far, I yeah. really liked him so far. I think they did a good job. Um, you know, letting him play with the Marlies, kinda of get acclimated a little bit that way. And uh he deserved a goal, too. like Not deserved. Yeah. He had great chances. He's one of those guys you like to see, you know, break the ice that way because he's playing well, playing hard, and uh, was one of those many chances tonight that, uh, by the way, not many of, the, enough of those chances were Marner and Matthews, you know, and, and throughout the game. I thought John Tavares had more chances, but... He passed the puck sometimes when he was in tight. So
3: it was some of the other guys that were coming up with the better chances. Yeah, Johnny Toronto is like Johnny tentative right now for some reason. Yeah, he is. Uh, I just think in general, this team is like in a malaise in a swoon. Like they're, they're not firing on all cylinders. And maybe we had the luxury of seeing this team at their best offensively during the year and teams have adapted and they're playing their system and Toronto hasn't adapted just yet. But I think they're just a tad off offensively, clearly.
0: Yeah, okay, this word malaise, I don't yeah. know, I don't, again, I, I wouldn't quite, I think fi- yeah. not firing on all cylinders after, nah. like, how could you, like, you You fired on every one of them those three games against Edmonton, it's funny, the The. The. The Edmonton, like, like it's that perfect piece of art they did, mm-hmm. you know, just the pièce de résistance, mm-hmm. and this is the Toronto Maple Leaf team, and this is how uh, we, people projected, hopefully they'd be one day, and it wasn't a weak Edmonton team, Edmonton was the hottest team in the North Division at that time, and now... Yeah, you're 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 back to I think I think not firing on all cylinders is apropos. Hey, when you only yeah. you, you you win two nothing and then you only get two goals in regulation time tonight. Uh, I mean, the the Leaf team is a team that, that usually and should create more offense.
3: Baby steps. They won the game. I guess that's all that matters. And they move on to host the Edmonton Oilers coming up on Saturday night. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Still to come, Chris Johnson. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and others. The Maple Leafs win it 3-2 in an OT on a goal from Justin Hall. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 in the fan.
0: Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the fan and the Leafs radio network.
3: All right, back here on Leafs Nation postgame, Sportsnet 590, the fan, a 3-2 OT win in Kanata. Justin Hall, yeah, you heard that right, Justin Hall. With the OT winner Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy Act. Gord Stelic breaking it all down. Some post game about to come your way. But uh, bottom line, Gord, they got the job done. Uh, another thing of note, where has the power play gone? Oh, for the last 15 on the PP.
0: And we're talking about PK before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the PK is actually Zach Lyman almost scored at the end of a. Uh, a short-headed situation late in the second period. So it's gone back in track again, but it was, they'd give it up eight power play goals against in 15. So Mm -hmm. 15 attempts. So Nick, and and again, if we want to call it malaise or concerns or whatever in the playoffs, special teams and goaltending become bigger. And what has uh, befallen the Toronto May police the last few games is special teams and goaltending uh, save for tonight, uh, save for tonight, minus Jack Campbell handling the puck. But you know, ha- hasn't gone their way. And yeah, you're, that's what has to get back on track. So when you're talking about not firing on all cylinders, that's a big one, special teams.
3: I also want to talk about an ISO cam on Mike Babcock every time Jason Spezza scores a goal. Uh, scores in Ottawa tonight. I should add that to scoring in Ottawa. Just it hits differently for me. Uh, what a shot. What an interception by Kerfoot. What a forecheck by Thornton. Before we get to Spezza, Gord, he scored some big-time goals this season.
0: So three consecutive games? Yeah. And the same. last time he did that was in 2016? And, uh, wow. you know, we're going to hear from or We're going to hear from Ilya Mikheyev. And what, what I think about is there are press box buddies. Last year, <laughs> Spezza, courtesy of Mike Babcock, sat out a lot of games, and he would come by and get his coffee and very, be very personable and chat. I think you helped him with his coffee a couple of times because he had, he had that horrible injury, so his mm-hmm. English wasn't great. And and we noticed as the weeks went on, there'd be less of a cast on on that wrist that basically was sliced in that. So uh, those guys out doing it was nice
3: to see them big parts of the team this year. So Jason Spezza scores in this game. Let's hear what he had to say after it. Jason, you've got the hot hand lately. Um, to what do you uh, uh, credit uh, three goals in three games and how good does it feel to to
2: to contribute at
1: that level yeah obviously tonight was a little bit of luck going off the D shin pad um but a great play by jumbo to get the puck back on the hunt and then kerf made a good look to me so um yeah i had a couple chances before that too that i would have liked to have finished so uh, i don't know what to credit to you just kind of stick with a good process and when you get good looks try to put them in
4: next up we'll go to lance hornby toronto sun go ahead lance
1: Jason, I know Ottawa gives you a lot of trouble, but that's also a building in a city that means a lot to you. Do you get, personally get fired up uh, playing in there? Uh, obviously, good memories for me. You know, coming back here, um, but you know, it's been a while since I've played here. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's saying to get fired up to play here. There's not many guys here, or there's nobody here, I think that I played with. So, um, but obviously, good feels just driving around the city and uh, coming in with the bus and just kind of seeing old landmarks brings back nice memories. Uh, of, of playing here. So special city for me, this place holds a special place in my heart, but
4: uh, just worried about winning games at this point. We'll go to Chris Johnson, Sportsnet. Go
5: ahead, Chris. Yes, Jason, just wondering, obviously they're both played well tonight, but you know, what makes a senator so tough to, to break through against offensively?
1: Yeah, they, they don't give us much. Uh, they, they try to play a real safe game against us. Um, Obviously, you know, we have to capitalize on our power plays early in the game, if if we do that it's a different game and we force them to to play from behind. Um, You know, but we didn't, and they scored a shorthanded goal but we kept our composure and, and we kept a good process and, and found a way to win the game so I think that shows a lot about the growth of our club just having the stick-to-itiveness just to stay with it and, and not kind of get frustrated but they are a team that has frustrated us a little bit in the past and uh to get the win tonight is huge you know austin makes an elite play by an elite player and that gets us a win and that's what we needed
4: we'll take a couple more here we'll go to josh clipperton canadian press go ahead josh
1: yeah just building on austin's play in overtime jason just you know he scored a lot of goals he he's everyone knows what he can do at the other end of the ice but but, but just making that play in the defensive zone and, and, and just how would, what growth you've seen in his game in all three zones this year. Yeah. Him and Mitch are just special players, obviously. And Austin's just, he's gone to another level in terms of his game. Um, I think you've seen with them playing together, they're really feeding off each other. And uh, Austin, you know, he's just elevated his game in so many ways. He's strong on draws. He's good in the D zone. He can play against anyone. He's, he's a complete package and we're lucky to have him. and, and, You know, the great players have the sense to be big in the big moments, and Austin has that. So he makes big plays when we need them. And, uh, you know, he's a very focused guy. He's a guy that I've grown to admire just with his preparation. And uh, it's nice to see him make that play because, you know, he plays great hockey for us every night.
4: We'll take two more here. We'll go to Luke Fox, Sports Night. Go ahead, Luke.
5: Hi, Jason. What do you see as the issue with the power play during this little slump here?
1: Uh, Shooting the puck in the net. Um, I don't know we had looks tonight like we had we had the seam to Willie Uh, we had Mitchie had a couple in the slot when it's going when it's going rough you probably grip your stick a little tighter and you probably overthink it a little bit and um, we just need to kind of get one to fall I think Simmers done a good job for that first unit in front he almost tipped one in and it's just really just believing in in the process of what we're doing I know I've said that a few times but it's you just got to stick with it and and power plays kind of go in waves and uh, I think if we just kind of stick to it and, and keep good energy and keep winning pucks back, we're going to get our looks. And with the guys we have on the
4: power play, we're going to score goals. And last one here, we'll go to Mark Masters. Go ahead, Mark. Jason, I know there's so much respect between you and, and Joe Thornton. What's what's it been like to play on a line with him? What do you appreciate about that opportunity?
1: Yeah, just a blast playing with Jumbo. Uh, whether we're on the same line or not, I love being in the room with him every day. He just brings great enthusiasm. Uh, just a great mind for the game. And uh, obviously it's pretty cool that we can play together now at this point uh, and try to be a productive line. So I'm excited to play with him. He's just a special guy and just, you know, just a fun guy to be around. And um, obviously it's great playing
3: with him. There you have it. Jason Spezza is excited to play with Joe Thornton.
0: Well, a lot of people would like to see Joe Thornton win a Stanley cup, which works out great for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. If that were to be the case, can you believe Patrick Marlowe kind of said, I'm not going to, begin talk but I'd entertain going somewhere I to can't win a Stanley it, no. Cup. like what's understood is it's kind of a charity job that he's going to get the <laughs> he's going to get the game say yeah that's maybe that's an unfair line <laughs> but, but no but it's it's a feel-good San Jose <laughs> home situation yeah. that um, he's proud as a professional but there seems to be a playing out the string situation this is a team mm. that needs to rebuild in that and what have you so uh, maybe there is a team out there that thinks he can help in the playoffs, but last year he got the chance in Pittsburgh. He had the chance here in Toronto. Um, love what he did his first year in Toronto, you know. And I, I just found it interesting that would get out there. Where in Joe Thornton's case, you know, he's still got a little bit more in the engine than than Patrick Marlowe does. And wouldn't that be wonderful if he, he if he got to realize that Stanley Cup dream in twenty twenty
3: one? Speaking of Stanley Cup and dreams, uh, Jack Campbell. Um, 29 saves. Uh, He was around a winning successful organization with LA for a while, certainly playing as an understudy for uh, John Quick, finding his game, and and it's a great, great development, especially in this season, especially with Freddie Anderson Hurt for Campbell to find his game. Uh, He's 5-0 and 0 on this season, makes 29 saves. Let's hear what he had to say after this 3-2 OT win.
5: Hey, Jack. Uh, I'm just wondering uh, what you can share with us that John Tavares looked like he came over to you after that that first goal. Uh, Did he have some kind words for you at that point?
2: Yeah, he just said, uh, keep going, we got you, and, um, you know, they did have me all night, and, you know, that's why I feel bad about those two goals, you know, I don't want to uh, kill the momentum, and we played so well, and I know those those types of goals just can't go in, so, um, you know, those are 100% on me, of course, and, um, you know, I know I'll be a lot better on, on those um, goalie handles, but, you know, I'm just proud of the, the way the guys responded both times, and, you know, I'll uh, make sure not to make it a habit, that's for sure. And
5: given what your, your season's been like so far, what's it like now to get in and be able to play a couple straight games and, you know, I would assume find a rhythm and get, get going?
2: Yeah, I mean, finding a rhythm's uh, really huge. It's it's nice to uh, just not think so much and just go play. So I'm just really enjoying whenever my number's called, and um, the guys are, are playing really well, so it's always fun to win. Next up, we'll
4: go to Josh Coverton Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Jack, how do you regroup after those goals? And and what would the Jack Campbell
1: before, like from before LA? How much would you have beat yourself up over those? And what's the process now to, to move
3: past those?
2: I mean, I still beat myself up over those. They're, they, you know, they just can't go in. So, um, you know, I'm still a competitor and um, I'm human. So when that when that happens, I'm not happy with myself. But that being said, just focus on the next shot. I'm I'm able to, you know, think instead of thinking about how bad I feel. You know myself or something you know um you know it's about the team you know they need they need the next save and they need uh they just need better plays for me so um you know when they're playing that strong all I could think about was um you know shutting the door and you know I know I had a couple bad giveaways tonight so I'll clean that up but um you know they can count on that for sure
4: we'll take two more here we'll go to Lance Hornby Toronto Sun go ahead Lance
1: Jack, despite what happened tonight, uh, you are 5-0. How does it feel to uh, to have the the overall season that you're having right now?
2: Uh, it feels good. You know, our team's doing really good. We're, um, you know, we keep getting better, I think. And, uh, you know, it was a big two points. So, just got to keep focused and uh, keep building.
4: And last one here, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Jack, as a goalie, what's your perspective on Austin's kick, kick save in overtime and, and
2: eventually the overtime goal? I loved it. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. He probably could play any position he wanted in any sport. So he kind of made a uh, a goalie. Not even sure what else, but he, he kind of combined them all in one on that one. And, uh, you know, for up to, to bury it, you know, Spets had a big one. And, um, you know, it was just a, a great team effort. And, uh, you know, it's great to see those guys get rewarded.
3: There is a Jack Campbell, you know, Gordon.
0: Uh, yeah. And you know, uh,
3: (laughs) how many times did he say, you know, in that
0: he talked about, or the question was asked about getting in a rhythm. I don't think he's ever had a chance to control getting in a rhythm. I, I, he's really been a backup backup. You you don't think of, oh, there was the 30 game stretch where Jack Campbell took it as uh, so this is an opportunity to seize the number one brass ring and then determine, he determined what rhythm works best for him, not playing off what rhythm works best for Freddie Anderson.
3: And certainly I think what he was repetitive in saying in that post game was just how bad he felt about those not one, but two gaffes in this game. I'll tell you the first gaff, yeah, when he went back in
0: front of the net, he he literally put his whole body out there. Like he just dove, whatever doing anything to try to stop it. And uh I, I don't I don't know what kind of goaltender he is in general. I haven't seen him enough handle the puck. He's gotta be better than he was tonight. Yeah. I mean, those were just two horrible, horrible plays. But again, you go back to it. He stopped a lot of shots. Yeah, he stopped a lot of shots. So he's uh, his deportment, which I like to say, it's a great word, has been. Yeah, I, I like it. But I mean, it's it just looked that way. It's just looked strong all this season. And again,
3: the the positive story, and it would have been much different. I think the theme of this show if they lost this game, right? I think oh, the gosh, fact that we yes. could move past it. He, he made a couple yeah. blunders, but he won the game, or they won the game.
0: Right? Well, his goaltending has been a factor in them winning games yeah. against Calgary the other night. Exactly. So, so yeah, and th- and this is that intangible. What the Leafs were doing earlier finding ways to win games. So here they have uh, a goaltender that makes two gaffes and you found a way to bail him
3: out. I think we have Chris Johnson coming up in mere moments. So I'm waiting for the, the call on that, but since the deadline is approaching almost two weeks away, has your ideology changed on what the Maple Leafs should go after between now and then?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's even, it's, it's evolved. Yeah. Well, before it was understood that it would be a top six forward it would be what they would be targeting. And I still think, yes, if you're going to get a forward, it's got to be a top six, forward, which to me means it probably has to be more of a hockey trade. Cause you got money, you got to move and things like that. But I'm just looking at it like last year when Jake Muzzin, the infamous Columbus Malays, when he got hurt, it's like they didn't recover and they're healthy on the decor now. So I worry about if you're, if you intend to go deep in the playoffs you, you should get another competent NHL rear guard, is my opinion, particularly since Rasmus Sandin isn't going to get a chance to develop this year due to injury.
3: You need uh, depth. There's no doubt about that. And with that, I'm being told to hit a break, so we'll hit a break and hope to come back with uh, Chris Johnson and Sheldon Keith that scored Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga, a 3-2 OT win. Justin Hall, the winner. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet. 5-9 of the fan.
0: Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation Postgame. Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs
3: Radio Network. All right, we continue to break down a 3 2 OT victory for your Maple Leafs Justin Hall, the winner Nick Alberga, and Gord Stellick with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. If you'd like to chime in on Twitter at The Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stelick, at Fan590. Uh, happy to bring in now Chris Johnson to break it down with us. CJ, thanks so much for doing this. How did you feel about this uh, 3-2 OT win for the Leafs tonight?
5: Well, I thought it was a good one because they found a way to win. I mean, you know, obviously this was a game I thought Toronto had well in hand for most of the night. You know, they, they had a strong start. Had lots of time in the ozone. I know they weren't sort of getting on the inside and creating crazy high-danger chances, but given that they had the rest advantage, they have a bit of a skill advantage on Ottawa at this point you know i it, it, to lose that game i think would have been a real gut punch so they found their way through it and um you know it's a good start to what is now really the stretch run up to the playoffs
0: boy you talk about crazy overtimes right i mean austin matthews that other one where morgan riley lost the stick then got it then passed to him and he got that highlight real goal and then maybe maybe the save of the maybe the save of the century by austin matthews in ot
5: <laughs> it was and and you know it's crazy as he ends up with 24 minutes or so of ice time in the game uh, which is, you know, a little high maybe, but, but, you know, for him and Mitch Marner, two of the, the most played forwards in the league. And, you know, that last shift was a minute. I mean, you, you saw Austin after celebrating with his teammates was, was hunched over to try to, to get to the win there. So, you know, I, I liked the uh, the fact that they, they, he found his, his way, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Winnipeg game that he ended in OT, you know, a week or two ago, uh, you know, on kind of a crazy shift and, you know, three on three is chaos i don't think it's i mean it's part of probably why we like it it's not there's not much schematically that, that the coaches can do it's 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 a will time and and you know austin did find a way to to take a one-on-three uh rush one way and ends up getting into justin hall uh, by mitch marner for the winner
3: it really was the good the bad the ugly on that shift uh for austin matthews with chris johnson nick alberga and gord selick on leafs nation post game. Uh, what, what have you thought of Alex Galchenyuk in the small sample size? And I uh, told Gord, Gord earlier I, I thought Galchenyuk was was pretty good in this game. How do you feel about him?
5: Yeah, I'm super encouraged. Yeah. You know, I I think in two out of the three games he's played, he's been above what my expectation would be. I don't know how to maybe articulate what that is, but mm-hmm. it, to me, like unquestionably a guy that should remain in the lineup uh, until we figure out a little bit better. You know, at some point, of course with, with his line, if he's going to be playing alongside Tavares and Elander, you know, it's going to have to equate to some results. And, you know, he had a few good looks tonight individually. And I thought, you know, set up his line mates for a couple of chances, but, you know, given that this guy's completely found money that, that, you know, arguably the Leafs just benefited by trading for him. They opened up a contract slot. They traded away two players that were never going to play any more games for, for the Leafs, you know, to take a, a bit of a gamble on him. You know, I, I like the return so far and, and, yeah, I, I think if, if he is useful, if he does re- rediscover or show some of his previous form, I mean, it might change some of the plans here for Kyle Dubas leading up to the trade deadline.
0: Well, they got to refine that offense, like you're saying, and his line mates included. And so uh, of the big guns, who's in a funk and who's struggling, in your opinion? John Tavares. You know, I, I think that
5: my concern with him is he's just not generating very much at even strength. You know, he hasn't scored a lot of even strength. It doesn't feel like he's getting enough dangerous looks. You know, I, I'm kind of curious, and, and I have the ability and, but but to raise my hand. I haven't done so. You know, why Sheldon Keith maybe hasn't swapped Nylander and, and Marner for uh, more of a time, um, you know, it's not to, to say those guys are the problem, but just to, to try to maybe get a different look, um, you know, even on the, in the top six among those pairs. But, you know, I, I would say that, that Tavares is maybe the one I'd be most concerned about. You know, I don't know if he's playing through injury or, you know, this is a tough season off the ice. There's a lot going on, you know, and I don't have a full picture into what's happening with him, but it just doesn't feel like um, the the game's there for him. I mean, certainly compared to where it was two seasons ago when he had 47 goals, but you know, even last year, uh, you know, I thought he was generating a little bit more offensively. And, and a key sort of fundamental building block for this team was, you know, obviously, all those guys get paid tons of money. We've talked about that, but you know, is the fact that the Leafs could roll out two dangerous centermen and and Matthews and Tavares that almost no teams could match. And and you know, if if that second line isn't producing offense once they get into a playoff series, uh, it's it's going to make the challenge a little different. So you know, I'd, I'd say I'm most he's most on my radar. I'm most concerned about him. I don't know the best way to term it, but you know, I, I think Matthews, for example, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about his goal drought or or what have you. I mean. To me, he's getting enough looks and and his shooting percentage is something like 3% over the last seven or eight games. I mean, I I think that will take care of itself in time, but I I do have some more concerns with that second line.
3: I'm with you on that gamble as well, and certainly I think when you look at John Tavares, just way too quiet, but we'll see uh, moving forward in this season. Now, you're extremely locked in. We get closer to April 12th. We saw the NBA trade deadline, the excitement around it earlier today what's your sense of the trade market? Because even conversing with Gord, like even for instance, the team, everybody's talking about Nashville, so, so suddenly catching fire too, right?
5: Yeah. And that's part of the problem. You know, Columbus is, is I know they lost tonight, but they have won some games in the last two weeks. I think it's changed what they might do. You know, Nashville is a little bit less incentivized to sell when they're creeping back into the playoff picture there. Although, you know, they still have to stay ahead of Dallas and Dallas has lots of games in hand. Um, you know, it's just it's my sense of the trade market is one prices have been high that that's one reason things haven't happened I think the second reason is some of these teams are the most appealing uh, rental type players that that are likely to move before the deadline have started winning games and then you know there's sort of a third one you know someone like Kyle Palmieri for example in New Jersey who I think the Leafs uh, would very much covet you know there's still an effort uh, going to to try to get him extended and I think it's it is possible, if not likely, that he's going to sign a new contract in New Jersey rather than be traded. So, um, you know, the, there's there's a lot of dynamics at play. Um, but I still, A, I'm a little more bullish than some of my colleagues. I, I think we're going to see a lot of movement uh, up to and on April 12th. And, and I, I do think the Leafs are going to make good on, on Kyle Dubas' promises or his comments, whatever we want to bill it as. And, and we're going to see them get into the action here as soon as it gets started.
0: Chris uh, saw something. I think we're going to see a lot of Wayne Simmons was not happy about a non-penalty call. And then when he went and chatted, I think the referee was Eric Furlat. You saw Furlat put his hand and covered the microphone. Okay, and I think we're going to see this uh, moving forward. Uh, your 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 perspective on the whole Tim Peel saga over the last forty-eight hours? I don't think the league had
5: a choice, honestly. Uh, as much as we can all get bogged down and how we think game management and all this stuff has Mm -hmm. gone on for years and years and years. It's one thing that it's kind of maybe accepted or assumed within the sport. And especially Gord, you know, people, you know, that have been around for a long time, you know, this, this is not shocking that this would happen, but, but for a referee to say that on a microphone and gets broadcast to the world, when, you know, the NHL is trying to open its doors to to gambling and betting. I, I just don't think it can happen. And in this case, you know, it's unfortunate for Tim Peel. I actually feel for him on a human level because You know he's he's sort of getting an early retirement here. You know he wasn't fired though. He's still getting his, he's still getting paid and all that. It's but I don't I don't think the NHL has much choice. And and look I don't blame Eric Forslid or any of his other colleagues if they do that. They probably feel a little bit attacked. They're gonna argue we didn't put the microphones in our workplace. You know that was you guys and, and now you're penalizing us for it. But you know I I do think that that will pass and that might be something small we see here in the next little while. Um, but you know microphones are everywhere and and we're all accountable for our actions probably now more than ever in our lives with social media and everything else that goes on and you know I just I, I don't think the league was in a position in in 2021 where they could have that kind of comment just go un, unpunished
3: Very well said CJ uh, thanks so much for taking some time for us tonight You didn't even ask me the Leafs are trading for I'll have to save that for the next Yeah day. I know cuz I was going to ask about the quarantine but we don't want to keep you too long right Oh whatever you
5: need but uh quarantine I think is going to go into effect tomorrow so okay. tomorrow uh you know 7 days from tomorrow is is the quarantine, and so hopefully that spurs some, some trade action here in the near future.
0: Okay, okay. who are they trading for? Who are they get?
5: <laughs> I wish I knew. I'm just having fun with you guys. <laughs> hit, it seems like that's that, that's the question. I honestly, do you know what they want? I think is I think they want <laughs> obviously we've talked about a forward, but I think they want a guy with a bit of edge. Like mm. like I think Paul Mary yes. or or Nick Foligno, if he get, ends up getting moved, like I think those are the guys that they would actually prioritize. I just don't know if those players will be traded, but you know I. I, I you know, I think the Leafs recognize that the games are going to be hard uh, in the playoffs. They're, they're going to need someone to push through, and, and even though they've added to Simmons and, and Bogosian and some of these guys, I still think they want to get a little tougher to play against.
3: Sounds good, CJ. Appreciate this. Okay, guys. There you go. Uh, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca and HockeyNet in Canada. By the way, our great listeners chiming in via Twitter. It was Thomas Vanek a couple of years ago. Montreal got for a second-round pick, and he was with the Islanders, and that was after... He was traded from Buffalo to the Islanders earlier that season for a boatload.
0: Right, right, yeah. right. That's right. And they based it on the boatload. That's, a, yeah. yeah. And the, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I mentioned in the postgame as well. But uh, one of your predecessors, because I love the Todd Alusco story, and you like it <laughs> How too. How many
3: are their predecessors?
0: Uh, quite a few of them. They've all moved on to fame and We've fortune, stuck. though. Better things. So uh, he talks about he's a fourth-line guy uh, playing, you know, journeyman NHLer. I say that with respect. And, and trying to make an impression in Calgary, playing for the Flames. Some better player at Tampa Bay is yapping at the referee. It's one of the more colorful referees from uh, decades ago, yapping. And the referee says to Todd, if uh, if you go start a fight, uh, I won't give you the instigator. So 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 Todd goes out there and whatever he's given the green light. So all of a sudden the guy wonders why he doesn't get the two and the five and the ten. But I uh, know yeah. that's what that's what's going on at certain times. I'm
3: sure you heard over the last couple of days that game management happened for the first time the other night with Tim Peel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. It's never happened before. <laughs> that no, that was the an official has never said that on the ice. With that, Gord, we'll hit our final break of the night. Other side. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and take things away for Sportsnet tonight. Coming up, it's uh, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelick. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 in the fan. All right, make sure to stay tuned for Sportsnet tonight with George Russick and Andy McNamara. A boatload of conversation to be had on that show over a variety of different sports, Major League Baseball, the Bujays and the season opener upcoming. And of course, the big news out of Toronto Matt Thomas traded today. No, Kyle Lowry uh, staying put in Toronto. And of course this Maple Leafs victory. So stay tuned for that. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic wrapping things up here on Leafs nation post game on Sportsnet five, nine of the fan, a three, two OT win, Justin Hall, the winner for the Maple Leafs from Marner and Matthews. We hear now from Sheldon Keefe.
4: Sheldon, as you mentioned this morning, the senators uh, are a stubborn opponent for you guys. What did you see from the group tonight that allowed them to, to eventually break them down and get the two points
6: well, I mean, overtime obviously is a whole, whole separate deal, um, but you know, anything can happen in, in the overtime as you saw. Uh, but uh, in terms of the 60 minutes, you know, it's a game where we had, uh, we had a ton of opportunities early in the hockey game. We are in alone. Uh, we had power play opportunities. Uh, didn't, didn't make good on those chances. So you let, you let a team hang around and, you don't score enough goals uh, to, you know, break the game open, have any sort of separation. So, you know, it it plays uh, right into their hands uh, that way. So uh, obviously I liked the way we, you know, we stuck with it, found a way to get a lead. I don't like that we gave it up, but it was a big point for us. Uh, uh, It's big to get it to go to overtime and then give yourself a chance at the second one. Next up,
4: we'll go to James Myrtle, the athletic. Go ahead, James. Hi, Sheldon. Uh
5: Justin Hall's been become kind of one of your go to guys in overtime. What do you what do you like about what he brings with uh when it's the three on three? The biggest thing really is
6: just the way that he skates. Uh, you know, the way that he skates, he can get back, uh, get back on pucks, he can transition and, and join the rush and get up on the attack. Um, you know, we like to have uh, a defender out there, uh, but he has you know, with with his skating ability, the way uh, the ability to transition both ways, which is really important uh, asset to have in overtime.
4: Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrand Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
3: I feel like I've asked you all week about that Jason Spets and Joe Thornton combination, and, and they come through again tonight. What, what do you think is happening with Jason right now, three goals in three games?
6: Uh, lots of confidence. You know, he's feeling it. He's shooting the puck. He's hanging on to it, the offensive zone. Uh, he was really one of the only guys that was winning face offs for us here today, which earns him more ice time. You know, uh, we were really struggling in the face off circle tonight, uh, Austin and John in particular were really struggling. So that encouraged me to, you know, to give, uh, Spez some more opportunities, uh, to take face offs and get his line out there in the offensive zone. And it wasn't just that one that went in for them, but they had some good shifts and sequences coming out of his own face offs earlier in the game too. So, obviously really important, you know, right now, our, our, uh, our top guys are are fighting around the net a little bit and it hasn't, isn't followed for them. Uh, you know, so we need to get those goals from other guys. So get one from that line one from, uh, from a there in that line. So, you know, that's obviously very important for us.
4: We'll take two more here. We'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance.
1: Sheldon, just touching on that. Uh, Austin said, if he isn't scoring, he wants to make contributions another way. And certainly that defensive play he made to set up the, uh, the OT goal would fit into that?
6: Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't really even like to comment much on overtime. I think it's just such a, it's it's such chaos, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was certainly a big play and he's tired at that point in time, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I thought through through 60 minutes, uh, you know, I, I thought he also had the puck a lot, uh, had some chances again here today. He's around the net, had some back backside looks, you know, again, uh, puck's just not, not going in for him, but I like that he's just staying with it and he's not sacrificing other areas of his game while he's, you know, while he's searching for that
5: goal. And last one here, we'll go to Luke Fox,
4: Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke.
5: Sheldon, Justin Hall was saying uh, to Jack Campbell that he told him he thought he made the right decision um, on the goals against playing the puck. Uh, What did you see on those goals? Do you want your goalie to play the puck in those situations? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I
6: do. Uh, He has to play it. You know, I think think in both instances, I think, you know, he probably wants to make a more assertive play uh, with it. But, I mean, we talk about, these situations a lot as a team and uh the first one he has the puck behind the net and and we skate at him. it it's number one rule when a goalie's playing a puck is you can't skate at the goalie you got to get open I'll give him somebody to pass it to so we handcuffed him gave no one nowhere to go with it uh put him in a really tough spot and on the second one if he doesn't come out to play that they they probably have a wide open look at our net with all the speed they had coming at him so uh Uh, I I don't fault him on those. He made the right decisions to come out and play them. I think the fact that he hasn't played much, he's not in those situations a lot, and it it probably shows in those instances. Uh, But there's a lot more happening there uh, where our players have got to do a better job to help him out.
3: Okay, there you have it, uh, Sheldon Key Following this three-two uh, OT win, Justin Hall, the winner, and Gord. We shuffle over to the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, who have been waiting for about three weeks.
0: Yeah, bring them on! Bring them on! They uh, are they rested or are they rusty? We will find I out. Rusty, I, but I would think much as you want the Leafs to get their scoring prowess back, get back where they were. You know get that that nice feel, that nice train they were riding for the bulk of the season. Uh, Edmonton's got something to prove. I mean, th- those three losses hurt. They've bounced back since, but I'm interested to see the Oilers' reaction after the Maple
3: Leafs just gave them breakfast, lunch, and dinner in in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago. You're right, because ever since that series where they dominated Edmonton, the Maple Leafs have been a different hockey club, Gordon.
0: Yeah, I, and 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 again, it was such a perfect three games, three different goaltenders, mm-hmm. right? Everything was fine with Michael <laughs> the Hutch Hutchinson, days, then, the whole thing, and... <laughs> All was good, and then after that, yeah, you had a cut again. We go over a bit some hot goaltenders and Thatcher Demko and Connor Hellebuck, but you know you gotta you gotta ride those out. You gotta win the few bit, and then you got you got that columbus syndrome malaise from the summer that crept in it looks like to me they're out of it the
3: calgary game and this game and most importantly what we haven't touched on we'll do in the last minute is how important this one was in terms of keeping pace in the north division in first place winnipeg wins last night coming into tonight's game there was a three-way tie for first in this north division yeah and 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 calgary
0: vancouver taking some hits as far as trying to get the fourth and final playoff spot but it's the leafs that have come back to the pack and I, i i don't I think first place is something important in that, that they had it and you want to keep it. I'm more concerned how they play in the playoffs. I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't stay in first place, but yeah, you, you had a you had a lot of points you'd banked. And now the, the withdrawals have happened time to deposit some money. Like you tell
3: your kids, I want that banner Gordon <laughs> first place in the North division in the COVID season.
0: Yeah. Gosh. The one time in a Scotia North that banner, what people for years, your great-grandchildren, go, what, what was that about the oh. Scotia North Division first place?
3: I can't believe we've lost the last year of our lives and then some. Uh, many thanks to Chris Johnson, Sam McKee, Josh Santos, and of course, Gord Stellick. Sportsnet Tonight is coming up with George Russick and Andy McNamara.